Good evening, everybody. This is Darius Asemi with uh, GVWR Unfiltered. Welcome to another episode coming to you live from Fresno, California. Uh, we have a great show for you this evening. Uh, growth in North Fresno and or Northwest Fresno, um, a new project that's on its way of, of getting built in an area of town that is uh, starving for a new supply of housing. We'll talk to Supervisor Steve Brandau, who's uh, making that happen. We are also going to be talking about the tax measure that's going to that's on the ballot now. Measure E, uh, deadline to vote is March fifth, uh, a week from a week from tonight, eight p.m. Uh, but and the ma main topic, of course, is our um, is amendment to Prop forty seven, reducing drugs, homelessness, and theft. Uh, with us this evening is our dis district attorney Lisa Smithcamp. Good evening and welcome. Uh, Lisa and also Anne Marie Schubert, who is a retired Sacramento uh, district, district attorney. Uh, but before we dive into those, we're going to do a couple of round robin items of what's what's happening, uh, uh, what's happened this week. Uh, oops, excuse me. Um, around the state and in our community. Okay, let's start off with our poll first. Uh, do you support Prop Forty Seven? ballot fix that would force convicted drug addicts to choose between prison or a recovery program. I don't know if that was the right uh, messaging, but we'll probably update that poll. Lisa, will, I'm sure we'll have some feedback on that. Uh, there it is, 66% yes, uh, they support fixing or amending uh, Prop 47. Um, next, we have a quick slide for you on <clears throat> another part of the world. 143 days since the October 7th at, at terrorist attacks on Israel that killed over 1,200 Israelis and the uh, following or pursuing Israeli attack on the Gaza Strip, which to date has uh, killed approximately 29,000 Palestinians, um, again, in Gaza and, and the West Bank. Uh, let's go to slide five. 88 journalists and media workers were confirmed dead, 83 Palestinians, two Israelis, and three Lebanese out of the, out of the journalists. Um, injured, missing. So uh, unfortunately, the world has lost a lot of journalists in that, in that war and, and in that part of the world. Uh, next item, we have a, re, a, a, a potential new recall event against Governor Newsom. Conservatives explain why they're trying to recall the governor again. Uh, article on Jimmy Wire from Cal Matters. Uh, read up, get up to speed on what's happening and and what the Re uh, Republican Party hopes to accomplish in second attempt. The first one unsuccessful, which was um, you know about it. When was that? About a year or a couple of years ago, uh, 2021, and uh, second attempt. Um, by the by folks in California. If, if if the Republican Party is successful in getting enough signatures, which is if I remember correctly, over a million two signatures required to to get there. Uh, and then <clears throat> following that, let's bring it up to measure E. A couple of articles. Let's put the slides nine and ten up. So there you go. Uh, this is an article written by our news director Bill McEwen. Um, Victor Davis Hansen and Jim Patterson, two local Republicans supporting 
the, the, the tax hike. Oops, what happened to our screen? Um, there you go. Okay. I guess there was a a measure E didn't stand E didn't stand for electricity, does it? Uh, the screens kind of some kind got electrified, but there we go. Okay. Um, we're gonna talk. Bill is gonna come on here in a minute to talk about um, the article he wrote, and then this is an article by David Taub. No on E ads. Paul Jim Patterson, uh, useless politician. He blames Democrats for lack of Fresno State support. Uh, so with that background, let's bring uh, Bill McEwen, um, our news director here at GBWAR, to give us his thoughts. And Bill, what do you see on pro-Measure E and uh, the opponents of Measure E? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What should the audience get from this episode tonight on on, on how to vote on Measure E and what are what are your thoughts? And I know that there was a debate sometime this, I think it was this morning on KMJ, uh, pro and against Measure E debated. Um, maybe you can give us a brief update on that if, if you have any information and then roll on to your thoughts. Well, I think at this point, uh, most people probably have made up their minds where they stand on Measure E, um, but I'd like to address those that maybe are sitting on the fence on the plus side, you're talking about $1.5 billion for Fresno State over the next 25 years. That illustrates the power of sales tax. Basically, it's collected every day on practically everything you purchase. So there's a lot of uh, power there in that. And I think that uh, people that are fans of Fresno State sports are likely to vote for this. Uh, for me, and I've supported Fresno State uh, for the last 40 years, contributing to their capital campaigns, their efforts to expand Selland Arena for basketball, to build the Save Mart Center. Uh, my family contributed to build the softball stadium at uh, Fresno State because uh, we're a big believer in providing opportunities for uh, female athletes. All that said, I always go back to this, is this good policy or not? And I think when you look at it, you have to consider the fact that the poverty rate in Fresno County is twice that of the state average. And if you vote for this, the reality is that Fresno County uh, taxpayers will be subsidizing the educations of uh, students coming from the 57 other California counties. Uh, the other point I'd like to make is uh, the state legislature and a succession of governors have been derelict in their duty to provide ample funding for the CSU system. Jerry uh, Brown famously said that uh, the CSU system was the best investment that California could make. He often cited the fact that if you'd invested $1 in the CSU, California got many, many, many times back that in return as far as an educated workforce, uh, economic productivity and the like. Yet despite that statements and those realities, uh, their responsibility has been shirked. Uh, the other point I'd like to make that I didn't cover in the column was that in today's age, the primary responsibility of uh, a college president is to be a fundraiser. And they need to be out there working and putting together private partnerships to get uh, buildings built, to expand programs, 
and the like. That's the number one duty of uh, a college president and uh, no exception for the CSUs. So in a way we're saying, we're taking that off the plate of the college president. The other thing is there are ample opportunities to do public-private partnerships and get these things done. Finally, you know, when we uh, passed uh, some of the county sales taxes to benefit fit our libraries or the zoos or whatever, it was for a shorter period. It was like, let's see what this does. Are these funds handed, handled responsibility? Well, when Measure E was defeated the first time, instead of scaling back and maybe offering something that a majority of voters would be more likely to uh, accept and get behind, they doubled down. They expanded it from 20 to 25 years and they increased the tax from uh, 0.20 to 0.25. Uh, to me, there was a lot of arrogance in that. The other thing that I see going on here is this initiative has always been driven by a small handful of people. There's never been any real attempts to uh, make it countywide and to build a countywide team that would say, this is what we want. Uh, and regrettably, almost all of Measure E has been conducted behind closed doors, same old backroom politics. And uh, when you look at it, you know, you can see that, yes, it would help students. Yes, it would help Fresno State but it also enrich a handful of people. And that's why I can't support it. Thank you, Bill, for that. It's, uh, we, I wanna make sure the audience understands that we invited, and we've invited several times uh, pro uh, Measure E support, uh, or Measure E supporters to come on this show and articulate their points. And, and we haven't, uh, unfortunately, they have, they, have, they have not taken us up on that, on that offer. Um, okay, with that, let's turn over. Bill, stay with us if you have a few minutes, because I know you're going to have comments on uh, Lisa's program. Uh, let's turn to growth in Northwest Fresno, a project that's been held up for a while, a housing project uh, that just couldn't get moving because of a county and the city of Fresno feud. Let's get... Uh, Supervisor Brand Brandow on the show. That's the article. Infill builder gets city and county to agree to share tax revenue. New duplexes coming to Northwest Fresno. Uh, Steve, welcome back on the show. Yeah, good uh, to be back, Darius. Everybody, right thank on. you. So, you know, most okay. What is this tax sharing? What does tax sharing mean? And and why should I care? I just want to go buy an apartment, buy a condo, buy a home in Northwest Fresno. There's an empty lot. I don't understand why it's not getting built. There's uh, developers that want to build it. I want them to build it. It's sitting empty. Probably some illicit activity may be happening. Why can't, most folks don't understand, why can't this thing get built? Could you give us a brief on that and what you did to release this? Yeah, so super, super quick, Darius. It's really that uh, the county of Fresno and the city of Fresno and the other cities that make up Fresno County, they have agreements which are called a tax sharing agreement. And whenever a city, whether it's my hometown of Selma or the city of Fresno wants to bring property into the city proper, they need to annex it from Fresno County, bring it into the city, and then this tax sharing agreement kicks into play. And it simply 
uh, pays for a lot of the infrastructure that needs to be built and also for services for these new folks. This new development that comes into the city um, needs to be paid for. And so there's a, an agreement. It's a percentage number. Historically, um, the city of um, the city has gotten 38%. The county's gotten 62%. Uh, the city backed out of that agreement a couple of years. In all reality, it came up for renewal. They said, we don't want to renew it. And so we've been in a little bit of a tailspin since that time. And there's been politics involved. And I'm hoping that we're kind of over that era. And so uh, we did what we call a one-off, which is since we don't have an agreement, let's agree to the old rules for a certain development. And uh, we did one of those about two years ago, and that kind of backfired on us. And so we kind of put these one-offs on hold. But there are new talks beginning in this arena between the city and the county. And so last week, we had the opportunity to annex a small piece of property in my district. It's near Maroa and Bullard Avenue, kind of by St. Anthony's Church, if you're a Fresnan. And um, it's a small piece of property, less than an acre. It's a mom and pop piece of property. And they wanted to put on four duplexes. So about eight residential <clears throat> places for folks to live. And it's really and the first annexation that we've done in about two years. And so I thought it was valuable to bring it forward just to show that uh, Fresno County is ready to play ball, ready to really engage with the city of Fresno, come back to the table, Let's get something positive done. So even though it's a very small development and not big in the grand scheme of things, um, it's kind of like um, an opportunity to say, hey, let's we got we got something done that shows that we're willing to come back to the table. And so um, we passed it unanimously uh, at our board meeting last Tuesday. And again, it's not the biggest thing on the planet. There are other developments that also want to be annexed. Um, but this one is a small mom and pop property. And I just thought it was a good way of saying a good faith um, gesture toward the city of Fresno. And by the way, they did their part too. Um, this small developer, uh, a husband and wife, had to go to the city. They spent money over at the city to develop the plan. City council passed it. And then it came to the board of supervisors. And I think people were thinking, well, the board's not going to address this. They're just going to wait until this big agreement is made. But in all reality... Um, I marshaled it through and we passed it. So again, just want to send the message that Fresno County is open to uh, letting some of these properties be annexed to the city of Fresno and other cities and then be developed. So, Okay, that's awesome. Uh, now tell us what's happening uh, between now. What's happening next Tuesday? Oh, next Tuesday is an election in case somebody hasn't heard yet. But I know okay. TV Wire has been covering it a lot. And so I think most of your audience is fully aware. And maybe uh, a third of them have probably already voted. So um, I'm okay. up for re-election. Two other supervisors are also up for election. And then there's, you know, um, uh, a dozen other races that impact us locally that will be on our ballot. So I just want to encourage everybody to vote. I don't care, you know, who you vote for. Of course, I would like you to vote for me, but it's more important that everybody votes. And so um, we've got congressional races, we've got assembly races. And so uh, everybody needs to do their part of the American uh, democratic system and get out there and vote next Tuesday. Tell the GV Wire audience what you're most proud of over the, uh, your last four years as a supervisor and what you well, hope to accomplish in the, you know, if you're reelected. Re 
Yeah, there's a lots of there's so much. That's such a loaded question. I'll tell you what. Uh, since we talked about land use um, last Tuesday, we also passed our general plan. That is a plan that had been 20 years in the making. And I know GB Wire did a couple of stories on that as well. And maybe you can provide the link so so people to understand that is our guiding document for land use. I know we're talking tonight about this annexation of a piece of property. Uh, one thing that I'm very interested in is now that that is passed is to develop um, an economic engine on the um, in Fresno County, which would would be an industrial park, which would employ about 40,000 people in our community. It's a heavy lift. It's going to take several years to get the work done. But now that the general plan is in place, uh, we can move forward and start talking about that. And, and we're going to have to take some other votes. We're going to have to spend some money but turn this into a project rather than just an idea. And to me, um, that would be really valuable to our community. That sounds good. You know, I, I'm always envious of uh, Visalia for stealing our jobs, their industrial park and Northwest Visalia, which is next, to, next door to one of the most attractive uh, parts of Visalia with a, a variety of housing mixes. And most of the high-end homes in Visalia are in Northwest. Right, I mean, directly across the street from the industrial park. But Visalia is vacuuming so many jobs out of Fresno County. I'm really envious of what Tulare County and especially the city of Visalia have done over the last several years, really over a decade, but especially the last several years. Uh, and, it, and, you know, I agree, yeah. Darius, and, and Visalia has been kicking our butt. But the truth is there's so much pent-up demand from national corporations and businesses that want to locate in the Central Valley and even international. So even though they've got the jump on us, if we can get this project off the ground, um, the, the pent up demand to, to be in the Central Valley and to serve the customer base of the Central Valley is so high that I think uh, that I think we won't have any problem filling this industrial park. Right. Okay, and are you going to stick around for Prop 47? I can because I absolutely want to know if there's any way I can make a, a signature online tonight. I'd love to do it during the show. But yes, okay. I am stick around. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, with that, uh, let's go to our main topic uh, with District Attorney Lisa Smithcamp and retired uh, District Attorney from Sacramento County, uh, Anne Marie Schubert, who's uh, with us this evening. Welcome you both. Uh, Prop 47 Amendment. You know, it's about giving folks an opportunity to get into the workforce instead of being incarcerated, uh, addressing homelessness, giving people, you know, hope and opportunities to actually get into the workforce, reduce crime, reduce homelessness. Give us a, give us a brief background on what this initiative that's come that's on the ballot, uh, or it is going to be on the ballot in November. Is that correct? That's no, the process the we're in right now. The process you're in right now. Okay, so yeah. uh, tell the audience about this initiative, what you're hoping to accomplish, and what it what would it do for the residents of uh, Fresno County and really all of California. Emory, do you want to uh, take that? <clears throat> sure. Please. To virtually all misdemeanors and since that period of time we've seen nothing but an explosion of theft drugs and homelessness across california and we're at a humanitarian crisis and so at this point what we're doing now is we're collecting signatures the ballot measure really has three pieces one 
we're going to tackle this theft crisis. We're going to go back to holding people accountable. If you're a third time offender, you're going to look at felony prosecutions. If you continue to steal and steal and steal, we're going to hold you accountable. We're also going to allow for enhancements for these smash and grab types of situations that we're seeing across California. That's a theft piece. The second piece is the drug uh, and homelessness piece, which is we know that people with hard drug uh, disorders or, you know, addictions such as cocaine, fentanyl, heroin, methamphetamine, PCP, by the third time they have a conviction, we want them into mandatory drug treatment. And that's what this, the main piece of this is. We want people in treatment. We don't want them in jail. But if they choose not to go to treatment, then they can conceivably go to jail. So that's the second piece. But again, the, the goal is not incarceration. And the third piece, which is really at the top of Lisa Smithcamp's list, is the fentanyl piece, which is we, we are seeing people killed at astronomical rates uh, by this poison that is being peddled by drug dealers across California. And so we're going to go after those drug dealers and we're going to hold them accountable. We're going to hold them particularly accountable if they're using guns or if they're dealing with large amounts. And they're going to go to jail or prison if they continue this, this behavior. So it's wildly popular. I found it interesting that your poll is pretty much in line with our California poll. 70% of Californians support changes immediately off the bat. And 89% of them with the Prop 47 stronger penalties. So we're doing very well. Uh, Fresno has been one of the leaders in this state in terms of not only helping us raise money, but getting the, the uh, awareness out there and collecting signatures. So hopefully that answers your question. And Lisa can that does, but there's a question me. that just came online from Becky Wharton. How many times do you try and rehab before you send them to jail? So well, right, so right now ahead. there's, oh, I'm sorry. So right now there's really uh, no effective intervention from the criminal justice system for people who have addictive disorders, right? So not only do we have open borders where all these drugs are coming in and, you know, people, yes, are still using methamphetamine and cocaine, but so many people that are using those drugs are also being um, addicted now to fentanyl because of all of the new drug trends that are coming over. So with the, with the, um, with the inception of Prop 47 back in 2014, when fentanyl really Really wasn't a thing uh, that that was on the streets so much. Uh, we lost our ability as law enforcement to really make people accountable because the combination of the reduction of those those crimes to misdemeanors, in addition to the fact that we have AB 109 and all the prisoners that came out of state prisons and into the local jails, uh, which made the local jails overcrowding, there's no room in the jails anymore for people who commit misdemeanors, right? So, so that's a statewide problem and it's a We've been dealing with this Prop 47 stuff for ten, a decade now. It's been 10 years since 2014. And what we're seeing is those people who are not getting drug treatment and who are continuing to cycle downward and downward spiral in the, in the throes of addiction are not only hurting themselves, they're hurting their families. They're becoming thieves. They're becoming armed robbers. They're committing higher levels of crime because their addiction is not, uh, they're not held accountable for their addiction. So that's why this piece of legislation is so great because it addresses the theft, it addresses the addiction, and it addresses the fentanyl piece, which are all things that have tremendously changed over the last decade. And we are seeing those effects, right? And now what we've done, Darius, is we've created, um, we've created an environment where young people are being raised up and it's okay to steal. If you have something, if someone else has something that you want and you can't afford it, you just take it. That's the mentality that we are literally teaching our young people. That's what the law is saying. 
marijuana is legal, so drugs are okay. And if you get caught with heroin or cocaine or methamphetamine, nothing's going to happen to you. Oh, and fentanyl, yeah, we're just letting that in to our country. Nobody's trying to do anything much to stop it over the border. Politicians in D.C. talk about it, but is anybody really doing anything? No. So it's all over the streets. It's in pill form, it's in powder form, it's everywhere. So, and, and people are getting addicted so quickly that everyone's head is spinning around and, and, and kids are dying. I mean, there's over 300 people a day in the United States of America that are dying from fentanyl overdoses. That's like an airliner going down every day and everyone's standing around going, well, you know, what are we gonna do? So it's time for California to wake up and start to make people accountable for their behavior. And that's what this does. That's a great explanation. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, tell us, uh, what are the efforts? How much money is needed to get this thing passed? How many signatures you need? And where, you are, where are you in the, in the process? And what shortages you've got? So we, sure, we need to collect about 546,000 valid signatures, which means that we're overshooting because there are some that won't be valid. We're trying to collect about 800,000 to date. We've collected about 500,000. It's honestly, it's an, it's, it is a very fast paced effort. Uh, we need to raise about seven to $8 million. We have done extraordinarily well, but we also need folks to hopefully step up and donate as they will, as they can. Um, we have to submit these signatures to the Secretary of State by the end of April. So we have two months to finish collecting. What I can say from the streets of, of our communities is that the lines are long. People are signing up to, to, to to, to sign this petition. We have events all over the place. We have uh, professional signature gathers. I know Lisa's got one that she'll tell you about next week, um, but it is, the energy is out there. And now that the word is getting out there that we're doing this. And, and now the other thing is that is this is a bipartisan effort. We have people of all different political stripes, Democrats, Republicans, independents, people of all different demographics. We've got the NAACP of Oakland. We've got the mayor of San Jose and San Francisco. We obviously have tremendous support from Fresno. So the fact is, is that people are at the tipping point where they want thieves held accountable. They want people to get the drug treatment they need and they wanna hold drug dealers, fentanyl drug dealers accountable. So we're very excited about this movement. Uh, we're gonna get there, but we also need the help of, of the people in the community as well. Those are great points. Uh, uh, you know, this is what happens, and it's part of our democracy, where government can't actually step up and address an issue, a crime issue. Citizens are actually driving it now. They're raising their own money. They're going to do an initiative, which is, you know, the other part of getting legislation done in California. It's really unfortunate because you have to spend so much money because the legislator, and I'm, I'm gonna, I want Lisa and Anne-Marie to comment on what I'm just saying. Because the legislator couldn't get reforms done, the people are getting the reforms done to an initiative process. Is that, a, is that an accurate statement? That That's 100% accurate, Darius, because what's happened in the state of California is whether you're Republican or whether you're a Democrat, that's not even the issue. There is a very, there is a small majority of the Democrat party that has taken over the public safety committees. And when you have legislation, you know, we had we had the fentanyl advisement that we were working on, and it was authored by a Democrat. It was supported by all six uh, Republican senators, and it had 24 co-authors out of 40 senators, and it was killed in Senate public safety to try to hold fentanyl um, uh, dealers accountable and increase penalties, potentially give a warning. And all of these things are killed in public safety, which shows that a very small minority of people 
who are funded by, you know, the people who are behind a lot of these movements that we know that they call criminal justice reform are the are 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 stalling the will of the people, the will of the Democrats, the will of the Republicans, the will of good people. And you know, you saw, I think, I think things started really to turn when San Francisco recalled their rogue prosecutor, their rogue DA, Chesa Boudin. The people of San Francisco, which is probably the most liberal community and county in this state, said no more to to a to a, a rogue prosecutor. And now they have a female Democrat, African-American prosecutor as the DA, who's doing a great job to try to balance the politics and, and balance, you know, all the things that go along with, with criminal, with good, solid criminal justice reform. That's why this initiative is supported by Republican mayors. It's supported by the San Francisco mayor, London Breed, because it's necessary. The time has come where we have to say enough is enough. We are destroying lives. We are destroying families by this wackadoo criminal justice reform. It's just gone too far. Great points. I'm going to read a couple of comments on our live feed, and then I want to go to Steve Brandau, Bill McEwen, and I also want to hear from Leon, because uh, we know fentanyl is coming through the southern border, uh, supposedly from China through the Mexican border, and also guns are coming through. We found it on this show uh, with uh, Sheriff Zanoni was on and uh, Sheriff Boudreaux of Tulare County and said, hey, part of the issue is not only fentanyl that's coming through the south southern border, all these unmarked guns, pistols are coming through and we, we don't know who's got them. But for sure, it's the, 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 the criminal criminal gangs. They buy them for 50 bucks and I want Leon to comment on that in a minute. But let me, I'm going to uh, read a couple of comments and then I'm going to go to Steve. Uh, Bill McEwen's com Steve's comments, Bill's, and then Leon on that specific question about guns coming through the southern border, and then getting get back to Lisa and Anne Marie. Okay, a couple of comments. Robert Wharton, imagine how powerful our country would be if drugs didn't exist here. Uh, Priscilla Del Toro, would the retail theft grant feed into addressing the increased criminal behavior? And then Mike Souza. So the, it's time for a governor to enforce existing laws and prosecute instead of tying the hands of law enforcement. Uh, English legal, you can say it, funded by Soros, quote unquote. And Mike Rabasi, Councilman Mike Rabasi, uh, how much of an impediment would the attorney general be on Prop 47 reform? A lot of, the, lot of questions I threw out there, but I want to get to Steve, Steve's comments, Bill, briefly, and then Leon. Steve, fire, up, fire away. Yeah. For starters, I really want to applaud um, Fresno County's District Attorney Lisa Smitkamp, and I want to yes, right, Anne Marie, and I want to throw in Anne Marie Schubert as well, and many others who across the state are starting to address this issue. Right, um, you know, Darius Prop 47 has really always been a disaster, but when Lisa talked a few minutes ago, she brought up um, the new role of fentanyl in our society, in our community. It's really um, exponentially changed the game. And so as mature adults, you would hope that uh, the state of California has the ability to say, okay, if we agreed with it, Prop 47 earlier, we know that it's backfiring on us now. And, and I really hope, I'm certainly gonna sign that. I know Lisa has an event, I believe next week that she's gonna you know, get everybody the details on, but I'm certainly gonna sign it. I would encourage anybody to really to sign it. And again, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's a common sense thing. We're all being impacted by the loss of people in our community 
due to fentanyl, drugs, and some of these other issues. And so I want to applaud these two um, ladies that you have on the show and all the other uh, members of the team that are out working hard to get this done. Uh, I'm going to bring up a slide. Uh, fix Prop 47. I think this is what you were referring to, Steve. Uh, I'm going to actually make sure this is as, as if this is Lisa's program on a March 1st signature yes. drive. Yes, okay. KMJ is going to host us in their parking lot, and we are going to have a drive-through opportunity for people to come by. We'll be there from nine o'clock in the morning till six at night, uh, and we will be we will have petitions there uh, for people to sign, and we will be we will be out there all day. Hopefully, people can just flow right through. We'll we'll be there, rain or shine. I have my umbrella and my rain boots ready to go uh, because I I've, I've heard there might be a little bit of rain, but we are going to do that, and we are also going to try to get out to River Park um, on Saturdays at the Farmer's Market. Uh, but Steve Brando, I will deliver a petition to you so that you can sign it. Uh, you cannot do it online. You have to do it in person. Uh -huh. And so uh, we are really going to encourage as many people that can uh, to come by to KMJ or to River Park on Saturdays at the Farmer's Market to sign. Well, you know what? We're going to look at, uh, I'm going to talk to the team. We have a property, commercial property at Copper and Maple. Uh, in the same parking lot as, as the upcoming Mad Duck uh, restaurant and microbrew that's going to open up here shortly. Uh, we can probably look at it uh, uh, before the end of April, have a, a drive there as well. Okay. Well, we me... need it. We need it as soon as possible because the, okay. the deadline is the end of April and we're trying to get these signatures in as soon as possible. So that would be wonderful. Okay. Awesome. That's, that's good to know. Let me turn to Bill McEwen. Bill, comments? Uh, on Prop 47 redo or take two? So, I mean, when you look at this, uh, it's very understanding how these drives came up because uh, California, in my opinion, had been uh, guilty of over-incarceration. And the state was also facing uh, steep costs. Basically, the state's saying we can't afford our correction system as we have it today. That said, uh, when I was at the Fresno Bee, we surprised a lot of folks because we opposed first Proposition 47, and we also opposed uh, Proposition 57 on the basis that they were flawed. Now, you have to remember, it's the voters that approve these measures, but the state legislature's been highly resistant to do the fixes that we all know are needed. And so, Personally, I'm backing uh, this amendment, uh, Prop 47, and there have been previous attempts, but when I saw this, and I think if you get a flavor of me, I tend to try and be very logical and look at policy, and uh, I think this is smart. This is the best uh, proposal that's been put out there because it's uh, multifaceted. And the other thing I would want to remind people is no matter what you do, there are always people that figure out how to game the system. And it's been so easy to game Prop 47 because everything's a misdemeanor. You don't have to go to jail. Not necessarily any inconvenience in your life. And if you are addicted to drugs, you never have to face what people used to call the hammer, which is you're going to state prison for a minimum of three years, or you're going over here to West Care and you're getting straight. 
Prop 47 took that away, and I think that could have a big impact in making our community safer and also restoring trust in government. I mean, petty theft or somebody steals something from your home, a lot of it is you just feel like the bonds of society have been broken. And in California, a lot of people feel that way. It's leading to a lot of their frustration. Governor Newsom, AG Rob Bonta, they don't ever want to address the bonds of society, the mutual bonds that we share. It's uh, because they, they, they have a philosophy and it's a philosophy that has brought them a lot of campaign dollars, a lot of attention, a lot of unthinking democratic support, support by people that just say, oh, Newsom's for it, I'm for it. They never really examine it. So I'll get off my soapbox with that. Great points you bring up, Bill, especially about the campaign uh, support from some folks that uh, leads to some of these, uh, or the original Prop 47. A, cu a couple of questions. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Let me bring uh, Leon on quickly, and then we're going get to get to the questions. Leon, guns coming through. Elisa brought up fentanyl and guns coming through the southern border. Uh, what, what can you tell the audience about illegal guns coming through the southern do you see those on the streets do you hear about it i know you have a lot of law enforcement friends you're ex-marine yourself uh what are what are your comments on that briefly you do see some here and there it's very far and few uh mainly what i think a lot has been happening lately and as weird as this is going to sound me saying it is a lot of the 80 percent receivers that have been being made uh we're starting to see those a lot more in crimes because of the low technology to make them uh, obviously, uh, hey, there's always going to be things smuggled over the border, uh, from firearms to drugs to anything else. Uh, have I seen them personally? No. Uh, have we heard about a couple busts here and there? Yes, yes, we have. And usually it's in Southern California from some of my friends. Okay. So mainly, a majority of this sounds like a majority of the guns or some of the guns that end up in Southern California haven't made it in mass quantities up to the Fresno area. Okay, let me uh, I'm, let's put up slide twenty one, uh, and then I'm gonna let, let's I'm gonna get, turn to Lisa and Anne Marie about some of the questions. We'll start with uh, first of all, can Inga's question? Can I print the petition online, sign it, and mail it in? No. No, unfortunately, no. it has to be signed in person. Okay, and, that's and no, you have number... to be a registered voter in the state of California. Right. Can you just? Come from if you're immigrant, you just got off the board from China. Can you do that or no? No, you have to be a registered voter. Okay, got it. Can you register to vote if you just got here from China? <laughs> That's an immigration question. Sorry about that. Okay, um, Mike Kerbasi, how much of an impediment would the attorney general uh, be on the? Uh, would the attorney attorney general be on Prop 47 reform? In other words, AG Bonta. Does he support reform or does he say, just leave it the way it is? You can walk into any store, steal 900 bucks or take 900 well, bucks what, and walk away. Well, once it becomes law, then every county prosecutor would have the ability to aggregate and to charge the third felony. There was, there was nothing the attorney general's office, per se, from the, the standpoint of his position, 
could do to stop us from prosecuting those cases. Now, what Rob Bonta as the elected attorney general could do right now is what exactly what he's doing. You know, he and Newsom are both trying to, I'm sure, behind the scenes say, oh, we don't need this initiative. You know, Prop 47 is fine how it is. We can we can legislate some fixes. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that both Republicans and Democrats in the Assembly and the Senate have tried to have Prop 47 fixes all of the last, you know, 10 legislative sessions and over 20 times it has failed. Any types of fixes have to have failed to get out of the Senate and the Assembly Public Safety Committees for the reasons we discussed before. So, you know, the, the people who fill the coffers of Bonta and Newsom don't want Prop 47 overturned. They don't want it amended. They don't want it fixed. And, you know, as Bill said, there's a lot of really good people who voted for Prop 47 thinking it was a great idea because it said safe schools and neighborhoods. Well, guess what? They, they told us they, they, they did this whole great campaign about how much money we were going to save and how many prisoners weren't going to be incarcerated and how it was going to save so many taxpayers. Well, guess what? Fresno County, along with most other counties, has received zero dollars as a result of Prop 47. And I think most people who voted for it thinking that it was going to be a good idea, the way that it was sold, uh, have realized that it was a big scam all from, from the jump. I was not a proponent of Prop 47 because I, I understood I was working in the courts every single day with people who were addicted to drugs, with people who had failed you know, the, their, their, their spouse or their boss or their church or who, whatever, whatever avenues they had in their life to get clean and sober. I saw the times that the criminal justice system was the bottom for people. And I saw those victories. Were they frequent? Were they all the time? No, but the criminal justice system was good for some people to say, okay, I have a problem. I've got to get help. And we had the carrot and the stick. Prop 47 took away the carrot and the stick. And it just left us incapable of, of assisting anybody. And so is, now this is going to bring that back. Is, do you know if uh, anybody in the legislature or the attorney general's office opposing your reforms or trying to fund the opposition? I try not to pay attention to anything Rob Bonta or Gavin Newsom do. So I would defer to Anne-Marie to know if they have been public about that. Didn't you get into a spiff with Governor Newsom about a year uh, ago? Oh, we get into tiffs all the time. We we do not okay. care for each other. Here's okay. what I would say, Darius, about the legislature. There, there are a number of bills that are being introduced right now. Uh, they purport to want to fix the problem, but they've also made clear they don't think they have to touch 47. The fact is, is that the way that Prop 47 was written means that you cannot have any meaningful changes without taking it to the voters. So one of the most critical pieces is allowing us to prosecute serial thieves, people that choose to steal over and over again. That has to go to the ballot. It's, it's, it's failed oh, seven times in the legislature. And so what we know is that we have to go back to the ballot. And that's why this ballot initiative is, I would say it's probably putting a lot of, of eyes <laughs> On our legislature because they're realizing the public you know what you're seeing in fresno is what you're seeing across the state people are tired of it and they want the change good points uh inga put, uh, put another comment up yes you can register to vote and ignore the questions about being a citizen illegals can get driver's licenses and you get registered to vote okay that's that's not my understanding of the law, but maybe that's happening in some jurisdictions. I don't know. We'd have to ask the registrar of voters about that. But what I would really like your viewers to know, Darius, is that if they would like to contribute 
financially to this cause, which many people in Fresno have. I am so, I am so excited and so uh, honored, really. Uh, I, I had a fundraiser here in Fresno, and as a result of that and some of our fundraising efforts, we've raised almost $225,000 out of Fresno. And uh, we had three or four local business owners who came through with some significant donations who we are so indebted to and so grateful to uh, because we need the money to to get the signature, the paid signature gatherers done. We're all doing grassroots thefts. Our, our colleague, Cindy Zimmer, who's the Kern County DA, is actually going to restaurants. She says she's too, too old to be a waitress because she's literally going table to table. I've been doing things. I was out at Support Blue and we've been trying to get uh, people to, to get signatures done. We're having the big thing at KMJ and the mm -hmm. farmer's markets. We are hopeful to be out where you are, but people can go to the website, which is casafecommunities.com. Correct, and Amory, is that the right one? Do we have that? Oh. Also find out locations where you can go sign the volunteer, as a volunteer. Yeah, Maybe and see, Do we have that website? Can we track that website down before the end of the show and put it up on the screen? Yeah, it's casafecommunities.com. And that would be amazing okay. for us, you know, and don't, I, you know, if you donate $25 or you donate $2,500, it doesn't matter because every signature that the paid signature companies that work for this initiative get is $9 per signature. That's why the budget is so high. That's why we need to raise this eight or $9 million. Um, and we've had tremendous support from Walmart. We've had tremendous support from Target. Anne-Marie has been tirelessly working to talk to big corporations while the rest of us are doing some more grassroots efforts. Um, and it's really coming together and that the initiative is gaining a lot of momentum. So we're very hopeful that it'll be on the ballot in November. Got it. Uh, if our team has that website, let's put it up on the screen. Or that they're working on that. We'll get it up here. Uh, in a minute, um, Paul or Eric, do we have that? Okay, working on it, coming up here soon. Uh, in our remaining few minutes, let me go back to Supervisor Brandau. Uh, any of your colleagues has, I mean, let me back up, has the County Board of Soups taken a position on this initiative, Steve? Uh, you're on mute, by the way. I mean, we're all very supportive, Darius. There's been unanimous support on this. But Lisa, I don't believe we passed any form of an official resolution at this point. No, time. I, I don't think so. I think most elected uh, officials are just either choosing to individually endorse it or not. Uh, I don't think we're asking cities or counties to really have any resolutions or or any big things. Um, it's it's really just such it's had grown such great strong legs. It's a bipartisan movement. We have mayors and police chiefs and and uh, sheriffs and DAs from all over the state who are all very supportive of it. Hey, uh, does anybody know what President Biden's position is on this, or he's not sure yet on that? Or does, has he made a comment, endorsement, or no? I, I am not aware. He made a comment, but it was incoherent. <laughs> okay. Okay. How about uh, uh, former President Trump? Have they, has well, he taken a that, position? That would, that would be incoherent as well, Mr. Uh, <laughs> okay. Brandau. Okay. Darius, I think uh, the main thing uh, that I would stress is, you know, you, you know, cause most, most of your viewers are in and around the area. On March 1st at the KMJ Studios, Lisa Smith Camp is going to be there in person. 
I'm going to join her for some length of time. And we need as many people as can to come out <clears throat> and, and sign that petition. That's a place they know they can get it done. Just come out on March 1st at the KMJ Studios at Shaw and Palm, and you'll be able to uh, get a greeting from our district attorney and a thank you from all of us for signing that petition. So I see Inga in the comments um, tonight on Facebook has, has, you know, has talked about it. And so Inga, come on out. I'll see you out there. Uh, but that goes to all of your viewers, Darius. That's this Friday, by the way, from 9 to 6, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at, uh, at is it a, at Palm and Shaw, South uh, yes, southwest it's at the KMJ, corner. Yes, the KMJ yeah. Studios. Can I make okay. a challenge here? They made, last week in Orange County, uh, the DA down there hosted a drive-through, and he collected 1,200. So I'm going to make a challenge that Lisa Smith Camp and her crew gets uh, well over 1,200. Come on, Fresno. There. We have to beat Todd Spitzer in Orange County. Yeah, we got to exceed 1,200. Go. John Perot just put a comment up. We have 300 petition. I don't know who John Perot is, but one of one of the viewers uh, on this program. Okay. Uh, with that, we're going to go to uh, final comments. We'll start with uh, Bill McEwen on any of the topics. E, a growth, or 47. What are your final comments for, for the audience? Bill? Well, my final comment is that uh, the way <laughs> things are going, California is going to have the lowest voter turnout in its history. And shockingly, this is in a presidential election year when traditionally voter turnout is very high. I would point out that California has gone to extraordinary lengths to make it easy to vote. It's easy to register. You can vote by mail. You can drop it off at a ballot center. And uh, for me, if you don't vote, you really forfeit you know, you're forfeiting your, your part in democracy. And, and you're saying, wow, I, I take it for granted that I live in America. And we shouldn't take it for granted because uh, democracies can fail. And uh, I would just encourage everybody to go out there and vote, as Steve said early, earlier, regardless of how you vote. Thank you, Bill. Uh, let's go to Leon. Uh, briefly, any final comments uh, from your end? No, uh, ladies, lovely, lovely job. You got my support on that one. I, I, I like what you guys are saying, hands down. Thank 100. you, Leon. Um, one of the things that I would have questions about or would like to know more <laughs> about is the rehabilitation process that you guys propose. Um, that can kind of go either way. Obviously, everyone does deserve help, but a lot of times with homelessness or drug use, uh, it's You've put yourself in that situation. I love the part where you guys are talking about holding people accountable for it, and I think people should be. A lot of people that I have encountered who have come into the criminal justice system or are people who are, you know, dealing with years and years of addiction is sometimes they want that. Sometimes they want somebody to say enough is enough and it's time for you to stop this behavior and these are your choices. Your choices are you can go to jail or you can get in a rehab. And if you don't like jail, which nobody does, then let's go to rehab and let's get you a program and let's get going. Because sometimes people get so desperate and their despair is there and they have no hope. They just are lost in their addiction and they need somebody to say, I believe in you and I want to put you in treatment because that works. I've seen it happen over and over again. I agree. How many times are they going to get that chance, though? If it's a third well, or fourth time case, that they've they'll have, 
in, if this initiative passes and we can get this passed, they will have two opportunities where there are misdemeanors. And then Fresno County, I'm proud to say, when we have people that actually come to court on their misdemeanor drug charges, they are offered assistance from the Department of Behavioral Health. There are substance abuse specialists in court. So they have those opportunities. If the third time they come in with a conviction, they come in with a case that can be charged as a felony, then once they are convicted, they will be mandated to treatment. That's fair. That's fair. I was more wondering if it was going to be like five, okay. six, seven times. Okay. One of the comment. this may be more for Bill, uh, Priscilla Del Toro, this goes to any person who has an answer. Many major e-ads mention graduates staying in Fresno and adding to the workforce. More quality engineers and t teachers would be wonderful for the economy. Although, do we know if the funds will help address Fresno State's nursing program accreditation and ensuring quality nurses? Bill, that question so, is probably... So so as you know, Fresno State lost its nursing accreditation a few years ago and then got it back. Uh, what I would point out is that, you know, the largest number of nurses come out of the Fresno City program. They've been doing it forever. Uh, that's a much more uh, investment savvy way to do it. Uh, when I also see them talking about a uh, couple politicians and Victor Davis Hanson talking about all these police officers coming out of uh, Fresno State. I think back to, I think most police officers locally come out of Fresno City College. They all have to go through post. They all have to pass post. Again, that's a much more uh, economical way, smarter use of taxpayer money to uh, get through uh, the police academy. So to me, there's a lot of exaggeration going on here with the Yes on Measure E campaign a lot of what you would call glittering generalities, uh, you know, a lot of exaggeration and the like. Okay. Uh, any final comments from Steve before we go to Anne-Marie and Lisa? Yeah, Darius, I'm gonna take one minute to mention two items on the ballot that folks here in Fresno can vote on, and that's measure A and measure B on the ballot. They are both things, one of them is about the elections of our district attorney, and also our sheriff. And then the other one is about Fresno having Fresno County having the ability to name local name place names. And so these are both, both of these are about local control versus giving control up to um, Sacramento. So if you haven't, you know, a lot of times voters look and they, and they come across these ballot measures down toward the end. We're talking about one here um, with Prop 47 and they really don't, they're not informed. Both A and B are about local control. So if that's valuable to you, please consider supporting A and B. Okay, great. Uh, final comment uh, by Inga. That's why we need to go to one day voting, make it special again. Okay. Um, final comments, we, we go to Anne-Marie and then wrap up with the district attorney of Fresno County, at least as big Anne-Marie. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. This is an important topic. We are at a tipping point in this state. I think everybody understands that we have the most beautifully diverse state, but we're also in a state of crisis. And this is our opportunity to make some very modest changes that get people the help they need and also hold people accountable for the repetitive behavior. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Lisa Smithgap. 
Yeah, and I just want I just want to echo everything that Amory says. You know, just remember that Amory Schubert is a retired Sacramento DA. She is so passionate about public safety, and and really at this point with the introduction of fentanyl, this is a public health crisis that we're in, and the addiction piece and the theft piece, it all goes hand in hand with fentanyl. These things are so intertwined together because so many of the homeless people that we see are drug addicted. So many of the people that are stealing are drug addicted, and then you you know the the there's a whole nother aspect to this theft where you have people that just have complete disregard for for the law, which is really how this criminal justice reform has played itself out in the state of California. So it's time for us to have a rational, reasonable uh, push back toward the middle so that we can have people be accountable and responsible. Because the people who are using drugs, the people who are homeless, these are people who have potential. These are people who have who have families, who, who are sons and daughters of very responsible people who have tried to raise their kids right and they've fallen down in the throes of addiction. And we have to we have to invest back in human kindness. And we have to say, listen, I'm going to make you accountable and I want to help you. But if you don't get with the program, then you're going to have consequences. And that's really what this is all about, is being honest and forthright about actually making our young generation understand the importance of being productive citizens and not being able to use all the excuses that we have created for them to be unproductive. Great. Thank you so much. And my final comments are, if you're tired of getting broken into your car, your home, your place of business, your your retail store, uh, support the, uh, the initiative that Lisa Smithcamp and Anne-Marie Schubert are uh, supporting or have put forth. Uh, it's a balanced approach to how to get folks the help they need, but also ho ho hold folks more accountable uh, for their actions. So we can't just walk into a store and grab whatever we want to say, it belongs to me, and walk out. So uh, with that, I want to thank uh, our district attorney, Lisa Smithcamp, for joining us, and Marie sure. Schubert, retired district attorney for Sacramento County. By the way, either one of you guys going to take a spot for uh, governor's office and the recall potential? No. Not Lisa a chance for me. Not a chance. Okay. Anne Marie? No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank. Okay. And uh, again, thank you both for, for joining us. Leon Orndoff, thank you uh, for your insights. And of course, uh, Bill McEwen, our uh, news director, for your insights on all topics, especially uh, all the insights on Measure E. I'm again disappointed that pro Measure E folks have not agreed to come on this show. And of course, finally, our supervisor, Steve Brandau, in trying to help promote more housing supply, uh, even if it's a small amount, uh, bridging some of those gaps in uh, Fresno, city of Fresno, in this case, in Northwest Fresno, which happens to be uh, your district. Uh, thank you all. And uh, don't forget to vote. As Bill said, exercise your right, uh, right of democracy. Uh, without your vote, yeah, we don't count in the electoral process. Have a great evening, have a great week, and hope to see you all next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Have a good Thank night. You. Thank you.